millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scott, I was going to say that. Hello, Scott. Hello, Josh. <laughs> Hello, everybody. You know, just half asleep. It's, it's the 2021 energy. Um, Love but it. Uh, let's talk about Dying Light 2 because it's in a bit of a state. Now, it's been in a bit of a state um, for the majority of 2020. There was a report back in May um, where an insider report from a Polish website called Polski Game Dev, um, who talked to a bunch of insiders, sorry, a bunch of developers at the time. Um, and the, the general line that came out of that was that the game was a complete mess. Um, mm-hmm. and this is a quote from that report. Uh, saying that it's a total mess. The plot direction, gameplay direction, mechanics, and fundamental rules change constantly. The morale is at an all-time low because the bosses have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Disorganization is at is a, disorganization at the highest levels is embarrassing. It is still not known what this game should be. Um, Techland's PR manager, uh, PR manager Ola Sanders, PR manager. then PR manager, um, <laughs> then got out there. And, uh, and said, look, no, it's not that bad. Don't worry about it. I mean, there was the public gameplay demo out there from the end of 2019, which looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the PR manager, uh, Ola Sandej, uh, got out there and said, look, it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. They then left the company. Um, so mm, I don't know how much you were shouldering. Not a good sign. Um, mm-hmm. Not a good sign. Mm-hmm. But the most recent thing um, is that the a 22-year veteran of Techland, uh, this dude called Powell Salinger, who was one of the three main writers on Dying Light 2, um, has now left the studio. Um, and so Techland have got out there again and said, look, don't worry. Um, you know, we do have exciting news to come about Dying Light 2, um, but the game is delayed indefinitely because of all the stuff that happened in 2020. So it's basically on fire, um, although you can cite the end of the 2019 gameplay demo as clearly there's something there. But um, what's your general thoughts on Dying Light? Because I kind of feel like it's it's kind of overlooked, but has such a cult following. It does. It really does. Like a lot of people really love that. I know you and Patterson absolutely adored it back when it came out, and mm. for a good reason. Like it was a real step up from Dead Island. Like in terms of um, you know actual combat, fighting the zombies felt better than ever. But obviously the parkour was the kind of the USP, the unique selling point mm. of the title. Like being able to free run across this great dense city whilst battling zombies was a dream come true. And it always felt like a sequel would have capitalized on those core tenants in a great mm. way. But obviously, it never came out, Scott. And now it's in this kind of like <laughs> weird space that that Dead Island 2 exists in, ironically, mm. considering that Techland was the original developers of that game. Like Dead Island 2 is nowhere to be seen and Dying Light 2 is nowhere to be seen either. Um, weird, I was always a bit confused by their initial showings of the sequel because when they were mm. coming out and they were talking about how much of an impact you can have on the world and how important the story was and these kind of like RPG elements that you could influence factions, you could branch the story Mm. off into different areas. To me, that was never what Dying Light was stronger. Like, that was never 
the core appeal of the, the original game. Like the story was the weakest aspect by far. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, I thought it was commendable that they would try and improve that area. But on the other hand, I was like, you might have gone way too far in the other direction, maybe gone a bit overambitious when all this really needs to be is a very solid um, zombie action game that's, mm. you know, that gives you this great open world. So it's in a, such a strange place, and I thought we would be playing it by now, but the more it gets yeah. delayed, and the more radio silence we have, I'm just like, what's going on? This report obviously seems to be more accurate by the day, even if, like you said, the former <laughs> PR manager was like, nah, don't believe a word. Don't worry, it's totally fine, but I am leaving. <laughs> I am going out the door yeah. as I say that. Um, yeah, I mean, the original release date was spring last year. Um, the weird thing, you mentioned like the um, the idea of like the whole, you know, overtaking the city, and that's part of the 2019 demo that the the, the dude you're playing as, I think he's called Aiden, um, goes to have a word with this particular mob boss and they control some faction of the city. Because like Dying Light 1, for as much as it's praised for the mechanics and actually making parkour work in first person, it's only that and Mirror's Edge that ever got it to work in first person. Yeah. Um, that, the biggest criticism of Dying Light 1, from what I could glean, I've actually never played Dying Light 1 outside the demo, um, was that the main villain was a bit that the main villain was mm -hmm. a little bit chasing Far Cry style and it's like I kind of wonder if they've gone for Dying Light 2 it's like well we should actually flesh that side out and have like multiple districts multiple crazy villain men um, and I kind of think that if you imagine the dev time that this has taken it's kind of before even Far Cry 5 so it's like before we got completely sick of big crazy yeah. antagonist man who talks to you super close in the camera um, and I kind of wonder if they were going to chase that route and sort of you could kind of blend Far Cry's approach to antagonist with like a district based power system kind of like Shadow of Mordor or something. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, I like the idea of what they're going for in theory. And the, I keep citing the 2019 demo, obviously that's all that's out there, um, but it does look really promising. So, but I guess, yeah. you know, in regards to what this dude said that was part of the Polish report, um, that, you know, disorganization at the highest levels is embarrassing and we still don't know what the game is. Um, maybe that's just the case that like some of them are like, we should make this really cool parkour combat thing and the higher ups or whoever are pushing for, no, we should ape Ubisoft and we should ape Far Cry because that's where the big bucks are. Yeah, I mean, Scott, does anyone know how to make a video game these days? I feel like every single time something falls apart, they're the same issues that are cited over and over again, no matter what the game, no matter what the game is, no matter what the genre is, no matter the team oh. behind it. It's all about disorganization at the highest level, and no one knows that's, what they're working on, no one knows what it is. That's genuinely snapped me in well, two. I just sort of sat there and went, no, they can't really. I'm sort of thinking, my default went to 2D games. I was like, well, pixel stuff still yeah. worked. And like, that's exactly. cool. And Nintendo can do 3D things, but Cyberpunk's literally on fire, slapping itself uh, in yeah. the face 24-7. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, just well, a dead I, man I just over think here. That the <laughs> the, the AAA industry might just be fundamentally broken at its core because these same <laughs> yeah. stories keep coming out over and over again. Oh, and, cool. you know, like it, hopefully Dying Light 2 turns out to be really good but from what this report was saying last year you know the fact that every quest was more or less just a fetch quest I think they mentioned mm. the fact that no one yep. really knows how they're going to pull the story together we've seen time and time again you know developers and publishers come out with these great showings like this E3 2019 demo where it's like look at the impact you can have on the world look what you can do but more often than not, that's just a vertical slice and it doesn't actually yep. exist. Like you can't play that thing. And then they need to somehow realize that and the ambitions are always far too high and the team can't quite um, reach the highest heights. You know, going back to CD Projekt Red for a second and Cyberpunk, mm. this to me kind of feels like something similar in the fact that it was like Techland, you know, before Dying Light, you know, they made Dead Island, but they weren't really considered like this massive, massive developer, you know what I mean? No. Like, but then like that, Dying that Light did. 
Yeah, like Dying Light did elevate them to another level, I think, in terms of mainstream, and perhaps similar to how The Witcher 3 did in the mainstream's eye for CD mm. Projekt Red, they've got a bit over-ambitious with their next project and thought, well, we've now got this you know, freedom, we've got this money, we're, we're, we're a proven success now, we can do whatever we want, but then they've got lost in the weeds and they've got lost in this disorganisation or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hope not, but to me, like we've, we've seen history play out like this over and over again. And I don't want it to be true, Scott, but like I said, I does anyone know how to make a video game at all <laughs> in the modern age? Because I'm, I'm not convinced they do. <laughs> I mean, even if if even the Avengers can't survive more than like a week, then it's, yeah. there is there is a hell of a reckoning that needs to be talked about. Um, also, though, to sort of like round this whole thing out, is the core appeal of Dying Light something that is now not as much? It's not as obvious as it used to be. Like the zombie fad sort of felt like it was a thing that was very much endemic of the early 2010s. Um, you know, like you had like the Left 4 Dead and, Di- and Dead Island and all these different things, and Call of Duty zombies like managed to become this whole mm-hmm. thing. And I feel like even COD zombies has sort of died off a bit. Um, even though Rich keeps like hammering at the window telling me to play the the latest one um but in terms of like zombie appeal stuff do you think that that has changed because you play i think you've you've played way more zombie based stuff than i have in general anyway i guess um to, for one i i agree with rich mm. this year's call of duty zombies has absolutely gripped me in a way that call so of duty zombies never has before but i think it's really interesting the two that you mentioned there you mentioned left for dead and you mentioned dead island you know from back in the day <laughs> it's funny that yeah. this year you know unless something happens we'll have both their spiritual successes we'll have dying light 2 and we'll have back <laughs> for blood which is very much left for dead you know three in all but name from the original developers and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i don't think the fact that it's zombies will negatively impact it i mean we got world war z a few years ago you know what i mean as long as the game's good and i think dying light more than any other zombie game from around that time really did try to innovate in terms of of its mechanics you know like you said you obviously have the parkour you have this cool open world but you also have that really interesting day night system which has become a little Mm. bit more standard now but the idea of going out during the day trying to scavenge as much as you can and then nightfall coming and the zombies becoming even more stronger and you having to run to a safe house like that is still a cool idea and it could be Mm. innovated upon even more it's just it depends what they focus on it depends like what happens now because i feel like a lot of the goodwill for dying light which still is a great game with all of its dlc packaging which they supported for way longer than they had to by the way like that was a really good move like i don't know if it has the same staying power that it once had i don't know if the same Mm. feverish desire for more dying light content is there in the way it was you know even two years ago i'm not sure Mm. whether that's just the game itself or whether it's zombies as a whole like you said I think it's fascinating. Like, I mean, they, like I said, like, you know, well, like you said, Techland started out doing Dead Island. That thing is, was always held up as one of the most disappointing games of all time because it was, the tone was so different to how that trailer was shown off. And then they didn't, you know, they started Dead Island 2, then they pivoted across to Dying Light. And then now it, there's a whole new studio called Dambuster um, that's getting Dead Island 2 over the finish line mm-hmm. while they're all, while Techland are now struggling with Dying Light 2. And it's just, it's weird, like this sort of DNA of like first person action heavy zombie games, which should be the easiest thing to get right. But even Valve didn't do Left 4 Dead 3. And it's not until yeah. very recently that we've seen like Back for Blood come together. And it's like, I don't know, like something about kinetic zombie based action just seems to be this, I don't know, this, this rabbit's foot thing to get a hold of. You're right, Scott, and I will, as a final kind of note, and again, this is just, this, this, this part is just entire wild speculation and conjecture on my <laughs> behalf, but I wonder whether, in an age of live services, in, a, in an age of, you know, mm. WB in particular, pushing for all their franchises to adopt this live service mentality where you're constantly playing the game and you're constantly pumping money into it, I wonder mm. whether that, any mandates from the very top, 
have transformed what Dying Light 2 was initially going to be and maybe now it is trying to incorporate more of those elements into it. Again, that part is entirely my own wild speculation, so don't take that as fact, but I wonder, you know, in the age that we're currently in and so many franchises going down that route, I wonder whether that at all has impacted the development of the game and I guess we'll see it soon whenever it's re-unveiled, you know, whether it has any of those mm. live service elements baked into it now that it might not have mm -hmm. had before. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. I mean if if Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven can have a loot system and a multiplayer planned out, then I think pretty much anything can go down that route. It's definitely where the money yeah. is, having Call of Duty made two billion dollars in just microtransactions. God, um, yeah. Just Insane. But yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below of the state of Dying Light 2. Are you psyched for the game overall? And do you think they'll actually be able to bring it back in 2021? For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.